listening to Cleveland and Beyond with Andy Bellman and Jared Watson. Brought to you by Evergreen Podcasts. And we are live on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. He's Andy Bellman. I'm Jared Watson. And this podcast is brought to you by Waiting for Next Year. Check him out, Original Cleveland Sports Reporting at WaitingForNextYear.com. Also, coming soon to Evergreen Podcasts. Well, cue up Ace of Base. The Gundarina just opened, and everybody wore T-shirts saying no fear or absolute vodka. Were there really absolute vodka shirts? I don't remember that. The oh, year, yes. folks. Oh, the yes. year, folks. The year, folks, is 1994, and the Browns are 8-3 and three for the first time since that year in a Tums-chewing win. Tums-chewing, yeah, something like that. You need some antacids for this one. 27-25 over the Jaguars. We celebrate Nick Chubb, of course, the return of Jarvis Landry and my like the for real return of Jarvis Landry. That's what yes. like for real. And my favorite player, uh, the defensive player of the game, my favorite player. Andrew Sendejo. You know, Jared's got a 23 jersey on right now. You know, he's got a 23 jersey on right now. Yeah, says LeBron. <laughs> Buckeyes head coach Ryan Day <laughs> tests positive for COVID-19, which really sucks. Ohio State canceled their game with Illinois. And uh, we're going to discuss what's ahead for the Buckeyes and a little tribe and Cavs chatter as well. We'll get into that. But first, coming in hot, hot, your eight and three Cleveland Browns. Cleveland Browns. Good morning. This is another great day where you can sip your coffee. It's not so bitter because it is eight and three. The Browns did what they had to do. We said it on this podcast. I I pronounced it yet. Take out the garbage. Mm -hmm. Texans. Eagles, and now Jaguars. Those dreaded Jaguars who the Browns ever beat. They finally got their sixth victory, six out of 18 attempts with this goddamn organization. Oh, hi, the Jaguars. Yeah. Can't beat them, but we did yesterday. Them. We did yesterday. Um, let's get to Monkey the, let's off get, back. Yes, let's get to the big things. Nick Chubb, again, I mean, for no one's disputing it. He is by far the best player on the team. That play on third and 11 was a wonderful play where he literally stopped in motion to wait for blockers to get in front patiently went down the sideline made the best play made the biggest i mean that was the play of the game um nick chubb again just a star of stars i was really really happy um i wanted to see landry go off and he did yeah. i know people say it sometimes it's not it's a team it's all about team game there are time zone sports in every one of these baseball basketball and football where you need a said player to go off i thought landry needed to go off yesterday and you could feel yeah. that momentum going into friday i'm glad he did the browns need him that was a big day for him and finally baker was baker i thought we saw the good the bad and the shrug your shoulders i you know it's the same old same old for me a- aside from games where he shit the bed against the ravens and the steelers this is Baker. He throws some dimes, and then some other plays, you just scratch your head with the pass to Higgins and Landry and that, that ball. Again, the hunt at the end of the game was, uh, was frustrating. And But okay, but that's Baker. I mean, at this look, point, it kind of it is what it is. If Stefanski had better days than yesterday, sure he did. But look, they're 8-3. You took out the garbage, and you're now moving ahead to Nashville. It's exciting. It's good shit. It's good uh, stuff. Starting back over with what you were talking about with Jarvis Landry, the guy was averaging more than 17 yards per reception. Uh, he had eight eight receptions, the touchdown. It's his first touchdown of the season. Uh, Landry absolutely went off. It was great. Yep. He was on my fa- he's on both my fantasy teams, and I needed that out of him. <laughs> <laughs> Showed up. Um, big part of why I'm going to win both of my games this week is because of Jarvis Landry. So uh, Jarvis had one hell of a game. Now it was nice. Again, we we're talking about Nick Chubb. Uh, Kareem Hunt also was Nick Chubb averaged more than seven yards per carry and uh, and Kareem Hunt averaged more than six. So he only had 10, but he had 60 yards and and combined. They also once again ran for more than 200 yards. Again, those are college football numbers, folks, having all these rushing yards with this backfield. It's insane. It is how you shut down a team and win at the end of the game. I I believe that there's some strange stat out there about Nick Chubb in the fourth quarters is averaging like 14 yards per carry. Uh, he's he's really he taking at least one in the fourth quarter. The guy, they just wear defenses down. It is how you shut these teams out. It is how you come away with a win when things are getting all fucking weird, when you're getting weird-ass holding calls, weird-ass uh, 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 roughing the passer calls, a weird-ass first down that wasn't a first down, even though it was a first down. Someone still needs to explain that to me. Oh, the, the nose of the ball's crossing. It's still it's still not a first down. Oh, we're gonna we're gonna show like there's three inches I between mean, it. 
again, that, that, but this is how you win those games. You, you just, you got to pound away. And they did that. They did. Nick they Chubb survived and advanced with Nick Chubb, yeah. Nick Chubb. And what I like Jared is he does in many different ways. He is a power back, meaning he can get tough two or three yards. He can burst through the middle and go to the house. We've seen that many times. And then yesterday on a short screen pass, I thought what he did displayed another talent of its own. He literally sat there for a second and a half going, I'm just going to let my blockers get in front. And then I got this and he attacks and he is so patient. And Jared, in today's world where people just want to go, go, go without any plan or hesitation, that's not Nick Chubb. No, Nick Chubb really waits for things and develops and then he attacks. It's just, he is such a special player. Yesterday's game, I think was that you can take yesterday's game and simply look at his cutback ability yeah, and I've never seen anybody like that. Robert I mean, Smith, the entire the only game, player I can think of the yeah. only, the only this. I mean, it is this is the most, this is the most I've seen him utilize that cutback, yeah. and 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 it completely just break ankles and destroy defenders. It yeah. was insane, insane how good he ran yesterday. He I, had a great game. I mean, about it. he had a great game, and Hunt comes in at good times too to take the pressure off him. Mm-hmm. The only thing about this running game, which I don't want to belabor, but I'm just going to put as a footnote, this inches stuff, whether it's on the goal line or yesterday and fourth, which we'll get into the decision in a second, but this team with Andy Janovich hope, coming back, hopefully this week or the following week, I think it's going to be a big test of this is they're going to need a fullback to get that inch or two. We've yeah. seen this now multiple times where Chubb and Hunt have been on the doorstep of getting a touchdown or doorstep of getting a first down, and they just can't quite get that inch or whatever it is. I think, Jared, a, a, a fullback in these spots now is going to be needed to get those plays. I, again, I don't want to well, put too much of negative on it, but we've seen this now multiple times in multiple games. I think I think beyond that, I still ask the question, why is it why is it Hunt that's in there on most of these? I agree. I, 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 agree. I, I, I don't know what I the agree. answer is. I, don't, I mean, I'm not necessarily saying that it shouldn't be, but it's, I don't understand why you wouldn't have I'm it. with you. I'm you know, with you. Now. Goal line or third down. Like, I just don't get it. It doesn't make sense to me. No, I'm with you. And, and now let's go Stefanski. Stefanski is a very good coach. I'm excited about what's ahead. But yeah. yesterday he laid an egg at times. I thought it was the first game where he really took the players out of the game, meaning I thought he did things to, that he wanted to show off his ability to coach instead of letting the ability of the players to play, which he normally doesn't do. And I thought it really stood out on the third and inches in the fourth. On third and inches there, I get it. And the play call was right, and Hunt was wide open. Right. But to be fair now, Mayfield's missed a lot of these short throws. So why are you taking it out of your run game? And then to Jared's point, why isn't Chubb in that situation maybe a little more too? And then on the last one, on fourth and inches, don't go for it. Kick the field goal. It's a 40-yard field goal. Kick the field goal. Put the team up 11 and get and, and put the pressure back on the Jaguars. The Jaguars is five minutes plus within the game. They're going to get the ball back. So why in the hell would you think you, you, you're not going to run the clock out? They have three timeouts. It's five minutes plus in the game. Yeah. Kick the field goal. Put the pressure on the Jaguars. I, I can't – I I yeah. lost it there. Yeah. Bad. It was it, bad. Stefanski, he'll – this is the good thing. Stefanski will not be okay with his, some of his choices today. No, I agree. He I, will also, I like throughout this yeah. week, express to the media that he knows that he has things to work on. Yes, and he, does. he And he is he is not above uh, taking responsibility for those certain things. He might have had some reasons, he, 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 but I think looking back and in hindsight, he'll recognize some of those things were not the right decision. And that's just – look, that's the beauty of having – a coach with some emotional intelligence here with, with some emotional maturity yeah. that can, that can, you know, intelligently sit there and have dialogue over their own mistakes. Yes, and he will yes. do that. He will absolutely do that. Hey, I want to jump to quickly because we kind of buried this. This team came in with a defense that is completely torn to shreds. <laughs> They're devastated. Right now. They are yeah. beat the fuck up no no denzel ward and then the first play of the game ronnie harrison goes out and he's got to get an mri that's a huge loss for this team and you are talking about a secondary that is dealing with joseph and mitchell and just got no talkie talkie you're dealing with a a, a secondary that 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 did get they they got shredded a little bit a few times by gannon yesterday they were able to hold it together 
But holy shit, man, this team and these injuries, all you can say is over the next couple of weeks as these guys come back, they're going to thank, thank God, thank God, because the injuries, it, it's, it's, it's not I, easy to deal I, with, but they're doing it, but they're doing it. They're not using it as an excuse and losing because of it. Look, Glennon played well yesterday and part of it was because the Browns were banged up, as you said. Um, Glennon, I thought, made some really – he played well, but at the same time, the Browns are devastated on defense with injuries and COVID-related issues. Um, to play off what Jared just said there, and I agree with him, the defense did about as well as they could have done, in my opinion, even against a shitty team. And the Jaguars are shitty. They're not good. Robinson can play, though. That running back can play. The only thing I want to give a footnote to this team, though, Jared, with defense on a negative note, this not stopping the run going into the Titans week is a – we're not going to get into it today. We'll get into it on Friday. It's something I'm circling and highlighting. This, we, have, we again, can't stop the run. And Robinson, which I thought he would, ran right through that team. Yeah. And they're going to have to do a lot of check-in-the-mirror stuff this week because King Henry is coming and you're going to his this, throne. And that's going to be a big, big test. I mean – this what Browns team started out the season looking like they were pretty good against the run. And this defense has, has slowly dropped off against yeah. the run. They yeah. just have, they were ranked. I think coming into this game, they were ranked eighth and eighth in the league, eighth in the league against the rush. I have a feeling that that's going to dip to like 12, you know, 10 after yeah. this game. Well, we'll see, but come. Yes, you're right. The Titan stuff. I don't even want to talk about it right now. We'll Again, that's for Friday. But I just want to allude to it. Now, I thought they did enough to win this game. Sendejo, I mean, did he have some bad plays out there? Of course he did, Sendejo. But Sendejo actually made game-changing plays twice on the two-point conversion and the touchdown. He he got it out of there. Hey, look. Blind squirrels and finding nuts and all, you know. No, Jared, no. Sendejo actually made plays. Yes. And by the way. And what what I'm saying is a blind squirrel finds a nut every once in a while. All right. He had had a good game. We'll see what happens. We'll see if we can do it again next week. I'm going to represent the positives. And I was happy for you, 23. I'm going to buy you a jersey. I loved it. Look, we all know you're not good. But, you know, yesterday you made two big plays in big spots. And that's what you need to do in those moments. No, there's no Denzel Ward. There's no Harrison in this game. And Mitchell was having a hell of a time guarding anybody. But there's Sandejo making two big plays where the where it mattered most. And I applaud him. He it, that, that is that was exactly what the doctor ordered. Marissa McCool on Facebook. It was so nice to be on the other side of we almost always almost win. Yeah. No, great. No, no. Marissa, Marissa. Absolutely. Look. Yeah. This is one of those good moments. Teaching moment with a win, not teaching moment and we lost. And I felt for the first time on this team, when they got stuffed on fourth and inches, which was a stupid decision, I actually put my head down and said, We might fucking lose this game. Again, no, I, the never I thought we might. And I thought I did not. I really, really thought I was in play, but they made enough plays on def- again. Sandejo, it wasn't. It was Sandejo. Sandejo knocking that ball away in a two point conversion. I mean, saved the day. Now look, all that to be said, I liked again to see Landry going off. Chubb is Chubb. Wonderful to see. The bigger story here that's going to be talked about again this week is Mayfield. Here's the one thing that I talked about last night on the Instagram show, and I'll say again here live. Don't – it's not polarizing. This is not black and white to me. I don't think it's white at all, actually, at this point. And there's some things that we've seen now for 10 weeks, Jared. So I think you're going to, like – does he make every short throw? Nope. Does he make dimes in critical situations? He actually does. Yes. Does he make critical passes in tight windows? He actually does. Yes. He's very clutch. He's very he, clutch. He can be clutch in big spots. Uh, all that to say, this is the up-and-down experience as Baker Mayfield. And I did think yesterday they relied on him a little too much. They It was 50-50 on pass and run. It should be 60-40, 60 run and pass 40. It was way too much 50-50. They got to get more in that 60-40 range. All that to be said, he does enough, and he and he did, did enough to win this game. But he, he can't elevate a team to victory, though, either this year. Maybe well, next year, but not this year. Well, I don't know. I think the jury's still out on that. I think he's still got opportunities to show that he can do that through the rest Ravens of the season. Ravens and Steelers week. I yeah. cannot be mad at Baker right now. The dude yesterday, like I said, the dude had what I would say is uh, if I had to grade it, I'd give him a B. How do you not? A 116.7 passer rating, 
This is the, the, the guy's not 70. He, he was 19 of 29, two touchdowns. That's not a bad game for a quarterback, period. No turnovers in four games. That is not a bad game for a quarterback. And I told you before we came on live today, I watched a string of videos of Patrick Mahomes overthrowing players and leading them into getting hit. And I'm telling you right now, Baker is not playing bad football. He's just not. It's not. Maybe it's not optimal. Maybe it's not as good as Baker can be. Yes, Baker has made some really, and I, I made the comparison yesterday when we were on Instagram saying that it was, I, it reminded me of being, it, it's something that's fixable is my point because it reminded me <clears throat> of times in my baseball playing days when I would be at first base because I was a big old first baseman and I would have a second baseman or a pitcher rifle a ball right past me or into the dirt and you're eight feet from me. And it's, what are you doing? Are you aiming? Like, why are you not just, where's the touch? Where's the really, those are, the, it's something that they can fix. It's something they can fix. That's all I'm saying. I think I Baker's going to be okay. I thought Stefanski said it best. I thought he played okay. I thought Mayfield played okay. <laughs> well, I thought that was right. I thought that was right on you. He wants to put a fire under his ass. Yeah, He, he, he played okay. Um, I thought Mayfield on Twitter was well, I thought Stefanski called an okay game. So there you go. <laughs> well, I thought, I thought Stefanski had a bad game. Baker call. threw and, and And we have to bring this up, too, because everyone keeps talking about it. The video, the clip of Baker uh, calling out the Jags defensive line as they made a quick shift and Baker yelled out, yeah, it was fucking cute guys. <laughs> Did you hear that? Go yeah, across I, the broadcast. I, look, look, he's spunky. I love his <laughs> fire. Just, I thought it was hilarious. I, 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 I love his, I, I like it. It's fine. Look, I like all that. I'm not, I'm not down on any of that. I know. Here's, here's the thing. Bottle flipping before games, calling that. Hey, that's cute. Great. Make those short passes. I know, Jared, everybody misses passes. I'm telling you, though, he's in that middle tier. He's in that middle tier, and that's okay. I'll take it. I get it. I'll take it. But there are plays he could do better on. And I will say this. There's got to become a point, though, in these short situations. Just hand the ball off to Chubb. Just hand, hand the Well, no I mean, passes and time. again, that's yeah, not on Baker. I just said that. It's on right. Stefanski. That's on Stefanski. The first play of the game is a pass play. Why? 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 I don't get well, it. And they've well, done it a bunch of times. I don't get it. No, I agree. Now, Dan Monas, I don't understand all the Baker haters. I, I don't hate on Baker. I like Baker. I just think he's playing okay. I agree with Stefanski. I thought he played okay. I played okay. Yeah, do See, people I, remember I, the last 35 quarterbacks? The no, look, 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 look. Thanks, here, Dan, on here, Facebook. Here's, here's, here's another thing for that, too. I think in the Bengals game, the Ravens game, the Bengals game on the road, the Bengals game at the end of the year, I mean, I'm sorry, the Ravens game at the end of the year and the Steelers game at the end of the year has a lot to say about the season. The Bengals game was great. I can see it in pockets with Baker. Do I agree with Jared? Can he make improvements in those short throws? Yes. If I'm being fair, though, I've seen this so much this year that I'm not assuming that that's going to change this year. However, I do think the Browns need to keep with this going into 2021 and beyond and and mold this some more. I, I definitely have seen a lot of quarterbacks this year in the league Baker's in that middle pack, and that's not bad. That's not a bad thing. No, that's where he should be. He's a third-year quarterback on four fucking head coaches with a brand-new system, a new regime, and no preseason to prep. Again, he's in the middle. In the middle of a global pandemic with losing losing their number one receiver. Yeah. So let's be be fair on this, right? Yeah. No, 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 no. Again, I, I just said that. Now, look, he's not Mahomes. He's not Rodgers. He's not Brady. But that's okay. That's the tough cut. But he's in that second or third wave, and that is good enough to do things in the playoffs. And I know that. And that's why this team is 8-3, and and he's a part of it. Again, though, let's be real. It's fucking frustrating seeing him miss Higgins. It's frustrating seeing him miss Hunt again on these short passes. And it's mind-numbing. And in those situations, if I'm Stefanski, I know you want to do that. And these guys are open. You may need to hand the ball off to 24. Or 27 with a fullback 
and get that and get those short yards. There is definitely a feel in the pocket that he still needs to work on. Oh, the pocket's a mess. There is still a feel that he needs because I understand that he wants to get the ball out. I think that he's got he's he's there's something conflicting within him, possibly. Um, Let me let me psychoanalyze this a little bit where Baker is trying to recognize that he has to get rid of the ball but he's not looking comfortable when he's doing it in the pocket. It's just, it, 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 he, he's still not doing it at times too, with that in, intentional grounding call. That's twice in two weeks now that he's done that. Um, so there look, are things to tighten up, Andy. Absolutely. Look, look the pocket thing is definitely 2021. I don't think the pocket's going to get fixed this year. No. I think he looks uncomfortable in the pocket. No. I don't think that's going to change. And anytime he's in the pocket, it makes me nervous. I, I, no. The short like, throw, like Luda, like Luda said, roll out. Yes, just was rolling <laughs> out. I mean, it's not going to change. Out. It's not going to change. Yeah. Um, my other little thing too on Stefanski, this little 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 thing. Um, I I would not have Baker roll on so many bootlegs where it's just a run option. I I he is. They are doing that more and more in these games, and I get it. He can get four or five yards as he did yesterday. Jared, that ball is. Ready to be poked out. I I, I can see it. I, yeah, it, it, yeah. it it's coming. It's yeah. coming. I, I I would be very very careful on run options with Mayfield. If you want a bootleg to throw, or he can run option, cool. On that one play, it looked like it was a strict run option, and I get it. It was wide. The back door was wide open, and he ran almost for a first down. Those plays, though, he's a little loose with that ball. I'd be very very careful with that. Very very careful with that. All that to be said, here's the, okay. I went in on positive. I love. Mayfield after the game compared to past years. Mm-hmm. He is realizing the moment and he's realizing the situation, mm-hmm. and that gives us hope. Yeah. And I love Stefanski, what he says. I got to do a better job calling plays, and I got to put do a better job putting his possessions to win. You can't complain about that crap. Now, to why that's important, the the refs. Look, the refs were a mess. That was that was Oakland Raiders reincarnated two years Look, later. It was it, it was it was Bad. The Is first that, down thing made oh. me made me really question whether there was something going on with that game. What was what's the spread on that game? Because that was such a strange like it's they showed it on fucking TV. The nose Am I not supposed to believe my own eyes. The nose touched the chain. I mean, it went over by a good quarter inch at least. Again, it now. I heard Tony Grossi saying, I thought that was an index card. I thought that was the right call. Jaguars ball. I, I did not think that at all. I really thought that was a first down. Now, Vernon. That was, first down. that was a first down. Now, Vernon, that play is going to be called because it's a head-to-head helmet with the quarterback. Uh, no, well, no, it was, the, it was the lowering the shoulder issue. It was helmet but, but he did wrap him up. I, I still thought it was a bullshit call. No, no, it's a tough call because that was the game. It's fourth down. He sacks him, game's over, okay? And he wasn't intentionally trying to hit him with his head. It lowered his head, and it just happened to happen. Here's the thing I'll say, though. That play gets called a lot in football now, and and it drives you crazy. That one, it drove me crazy, but I've seen it in a lot of these games, so I can't shock me. The fourth down was a first down. That was – I, all day long. Well, yeah, and yeah. And a, holding, a holding call on a holding call on Teller that was oh. random. It was so random, and it wasn't. They legitimately the first hold because he got called for two. The, the the second one he he was holding on. The yeah. first one that was not it. It was no. not like it was not no. a fucking hold. No, I thought both of them were shaky. Holds, yeah, I, I thought both of them were shaky. Dan Mills on Facebook that fourth uh, that that Vernon play. Here's the thing, Dan. I'm with you. I'm just telling you, I've seen a lot of these football games over the years. They're calling that all the time. Yeah, as soon right. as a helmet hits a helmet on a quarterback, they're going to throw it. Unless I agree. It's, unless, it's, unless it's Baker. Unless it's Baker. But, like, look, all that to be said. <laughs> <laughs> all that to be said. Or, 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 or Keenan. But, look, all that to be – or Keenum. Yeah, yeah Keenum. Keenum. Yeah. But all that to be said. I, I, I went to that call, too. I did not think that was appropriate, but I wasn't shocked. Because as soon as I saw the helmet to helmet, I go, they might throw a flag on that. And they did. And I go, that is, I would have put it in my pocket, but I get it. With everything else, though, yesterday, the refs were way, they had their hands on way more of that game than they should. Their fingerprints were on that game more than it should have been. Everywhere. That, That fourth and inches, even though that was the wrong call, I thought Hunt got the first down. In fact, I thought he got the first down. I thought he got the play prior. 
I did too. I, I thought it was I a bad mark. And then, it, and then they were jacking it up, trying to take the timeout away and saying that the Browns lost the challenge because the challenge was for the first down, not for yeah. the placement of the ball. Yeah, the, You overturned your own sh- – it, it, it got really fucking weird for a minute. It did get weird. On Vernon, one thing for him is I heard people I, – I, I watched it a lot. I Ooh. thought Vernon got held a ton in that game. Yeah. Three or four plays specifically, he was getting dragged down. Like, I don't – we this could be any any decade, 90s, 2000s, so this is not a new topic. How holding gets called on Shredder and how it did not on Vernon yesterday, You could I could shrug my shoulders. I don't get it. I guess it's a home field thing. But I did think Vernon, who did not make a big impact on All this game. Season. All yeah, season, Andy, because it hasn't just been on Vernon because Miles Garrett takes hands to the face all fucking day. I know. And nobody does anything. See I how just angry thought, I am right now? I'm getting really bitter even talking about this. I, know. I just thought Vernon got held a lot. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. I thought Vernon I, – I watched him, and he was trying to get around. I forget the dude's name. And it's like every time just getting dragged down. Um, I wanted to just point that out too. I thought that was weak. My biggest lesson, and people learned, listen to this podcast throughout the last two and a half years, I'm a big believer in this. Do not allow referees to play a part of this game. The Browns almost did. Just win. They won the game, though, didn't they? So that's I'm stopping right there, and that's where it stops. But we have to. We got to talk. We got to talk about Harrison Bryant's fumble because here's the deal. This affected the game, I think, a lot coming into that second half. This was the first possession back. The Browns were going to have a chance to score. The Browns and that and 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 what happened? That that Harrison Bryant fumble ended up it was uh it ended up turning into a glennon, a glennon touchdown pass and the jags went up 1917 the browns and you flipped yeah. that that in itself flipped flipped the script on the game for a little bit there was two plays at the beginning of the <clears throat> game and the beginning of the second half the empty set from Stefanski. Oh God, at your goal line empty yeah, set yeah, like, I don't understand I, I mean what are we doing that gave up a field Cute. goal being cute. Cute. Again, it was the first time all year I felt Stefanski. It's, you just said it perfectly. I'm going to echo what you just said. He got cute. Too many times he got cute in this game. Just keep it simple. Um, that was one. And the other one was Bryant. I felt bad for Bryant. There was a shot on him on the ice on the sideline where he was all alone and his shoulders were slumped. Yeah. Bryant's good. I like him still. That was just one of those unfortunate things that happens in a game. I still trust him in a big spot. But that turnover was big. Because the it felt like there was two or three times in that game where it felt like the Browns were in control. And, and coming in the second half, it's like, okay, we the missed field goal by the Jaguars. Here we go. We get the ball. We're going to put this game in the drive. And you could kind of feel that happening. And then Brian, bam, turnover and kind of spilled all over. But well, the Browns only punted once yesterday. Only once in that opening drive. That's it. Harrison Bryant will hopefully be getting a signed copy of Everybody Fumbles, uh, written by our very own Ernest Biner. And uh, hopefully he will be able to shake that off. Friend of show, Ernest Biner. And uh, we'll get that out to him. And he'll pick, he got, because you got to pick yourself up. You got to shake it off. And you're right. He was alone on the sidelines. And I get that. Maybe he needed that for a little bit. But, uh, you know, don't leave him by himself. That kid, pick him, pick him up, get him going. He'll be all right. Nobody's, we all, listen, Harrison Bryant. You're not listening to this, but I'm telling you right now, we love you, kid. You're gonna be fine. Yeah, yeah. That a, that was the only no thing. On, it. It, yeah. The Browns won. We won yeah. the game. It's all good. That was, that was the only thing on Browns Twitter. I'm like, I would ease up on. on Brian. Oh, were people being that. difficult on on yeah, Brian? I I didn't see anything on Twitter because I was I picked up my daughter at that point, so I was listening to the the call, uh, the radio call. So I didn't get to see it, and I didn't I wasn't looking at my phone until after I came in, and that's when Glenn was throwing out other touchdowns. So. Saw a couple post Harry Bryant. <clears throat> I would I would ease up on uh, that stuff. I'd, I'd ease yeah, up on. no need for that. No need for that. All right. So post mortem, they won. They took mm-hmm. out the garbage. Mm-hmm. Now you're going into the big Titans week. Now, this has been the big thing I've been saying, and I heard this a lot from the Browns too. Quote from Landry: I think the thing that we take away from this is obviously not only just winning the game, but we still have a lot of our best football ahead of us. But Tonio quote: We have not played a full complete game yet. I think if we put it all together, I think it's going to be something special, unquote. I've been saying it. I think Jared's been saying it. We've all been saying it. You just get the feeling this team has not put together a complete game yet. They haven't. And you keep hearing this from this team. Well, in this five-game stretch, it would be a nice time to start seeing as you're running out of games now. Um, I still believe that is true. I like this mantra from this team. 
And now that's going to be put to the test because you're going to start seeing the big boys now. And those, and I, the Jets aside, the Jets are terrible. The, the, the Browns, the Browns could, the Browns, the Browns are going to have to really shit the bed not to win that game. But the four, even the Giants now are, are playing better and they're going for, with only four wins, the Giants are actually going for the division. Um, so, the, so all these next, all those other four games are in play for me. So it would be a good test for this team. You got to love where this is going. And I, I, it's been stated, but it needs to be stated again. For the Browns to have a learning moment in a win, it was wonderful to see. And I still think I agree with Patonio. I agree with Landry. I still think the best is yet to come. I do, Jared. I don't know how you feel. I still Yeah, think. well, the best is yet to come. And on top of that, you've got guys that are going to be coming back. Hopefully, Miles Garrett is going to clear protocol and all that good stuff um, this coming week. Uh, I wasn't sure. I, I, I didn't know that, that Stefanski had said that yesterday in the presser. I, I missed that. Um, don't ask me how, cause I, I just didn't listen to it yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, but having miles Garrett back will be huge. Uh, we know that we're looking at two to four weeks with, with ward and hopefully he's going to be able to come back and participate in these last two games before we get ready for the playoffs. Yes. I'm saying the motherfucking playoffs right now, folks. They're in playoffs. Um, Red wine will hopefully is he week to week right now? It seems like that. I mean, I only mentioned red wine too because I think now that the Browns are so banged up that red wine is actually important now to get back. Right. I would actually assume. I Justin, hope. Taki Taki. Yeah. Need, need these guys back. Um, here's the only thing I would say on the Celtic red wine. And, and now Harrison, you got to hope for the for the MRI to come all right, come back all right. Go ahead. Sorry. I, I thought Harrison's comment on Twitter says maybe what we're expecting ahead um, on Twitter yesterday from Harrison. Never better. I can't say how blessed I am to be part of this organization and this culture change. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Dog Pound, for accepting me with open arms and making mm-hmm. this a smooth transition. You guys don't know how much of a difference it makes. Keep going. Keep going. Want to know. I, you get the feeling Harrison might be out for a while or maybe this season with that kind of stuff. The, uh, you don't want to speculate. The MRI will say everything, but – I don't think it's a one game just missing the Jaguars thing. And it sounds like it's going to be one or two more, maybe maybe more than that. So with that, Cedric Godwine coming back's big. Um, Denzel Ward, duh. I mean, him coming back's big. Um, week to week with him. And then you mentioned it. Um, here's what Mary Kay Cabot said in her column going into the game yesterday. So this is Sunday morning going the 29th going into the game yesterday. Mm-hmm. I think Garrett has an excellent chance of being back next week for the Titans game, providing he passes all the COVID-19 protocols this week. I think that's best as we can take it. I think she's right. I think there's an excellent chance of him being back. Um, You did not hear from him much yesterday. That doesn't, I don't think that means anything. I just think to what Jared's alluding to and just, just being a pure guy at the poker table here. Do I think Denzel Ward's coming back this week? I really don't know. Do I think Harrison's coming back this week? I don't know. Cedric Redwine? I think so. Yes. Talkie talkie. Probably not. Gustin, probably not. So coming back means a lot. And seeing what we saw, I think this, I mean, it, it's obviously a lot anyways, but well, it's, 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 it's gonna, it, it means a lot because you're going up against the Titans team that put up 45 against Indianapolis. So you, and you're looking at a Browns team where yes, they, they struggled to, I mean, they look like at times they were getting some pressure on Glennon, but it was nowhere near what they're going to need coming into this Titans game. Yeah, um, and having Garrett on the field is it, again that's a game changer. Just like having Odell on the field is a game changer. It, it, you know, teams have to prepare for these individual players. Um, they will have to prepare for Garrett, and that will help the Browns. Period. So, um, hopefully, he's doing okay. He's got to go through the cardiac stuff and make sure that there's no, uh, you know, the heart inflammation that comes through with this COVID stuff too. There's there's plenty to to, to still. I mean, I just I don't know. I know that we hope that he comes out there and he's ready to go next week, but um, um, I'm just always prepared for there to be a little bit of a hiccup when it comes to dealing with, with the COVID. Well, it's no predictability to what you're saying. There's no predictability. I mean, um, here's the other thing too. I would hear that he's feeling better though. And it is good to hear he's feeling better. The other one too is Janovich. Seeing what I saw on short yard situations, Janovich being back for these last five games is big. You, you've miss, I've missed Janovich in these games, Jared. I missed him yesterday in those short yard situations. Yeah. A big fullback, strapping fullback like that would mean a lot to this team right now. Even with the downs of Chubb and Hunt, they need that guy to make that extra play, with, to block that, they get that extra yard or two. Let Great. me bring this up real quick, Andy. Do you think that Browns fans are 
are slipping into a bit of the taking for granted while we sit at eight and three right now, almost in the way that we took for granted at times, the enjoying enjoying the Cavaliers runs uh, with LeBron back. Are, are Browns fans doing that a little bit right now? Because to me, it feels like there's a there's a there's a there's more bitching than there needs to be for a football team that's eight and three that has been absolute horseshit for the past two decades. I think it's actually in the middle. And what I mean by that is like, I've seen some of that too. I've seen a lot. I saw a lot more rejoicing yesterday. I saw a lot more of that after the Eagles game. Um, what you saw. Um, I'm I had a lot more chirping about that. Um, yesterday I thought it was fair because the Jaguars are one in 10. So I, I'm, and they just fired their GM. Well, Remember those days, firing a jam in the middle of the season? So, like, all that to be said, um, I, I I know what you're saying. I guess here's where I'm at. I love this season. It's been great. Mm-hmm. Realistically, we all know it, and we'll get into more on Friday. The, it, look, the garbage is taken out. Now, now, now you get to go play the Titans, the Ravens, the Giants, and the Steelers. And you throw in a, and you throw in a win against the Jets. The way you got to look at it, you got to win. If you win three out of your next five, your 11 wins will easily take you to the dance. Easily. No doubt. Can you win three games? You got one, I think, in the Jets, no matter what. So could you have two more wins with the Giants? Probably. Titans, Ravens, Steelers. I think you do. I think you do. I think mm. they probably – I think you do. And, and we'll get into more with the Titans specifically, but I, I just think this, like – it's new. I do think the Browns fans are enjoying it. Jared, when they beat one of these teams, whether it's the Giants or Ravens, or which I think they will, I think you're going to really, really, really see the vortex really whip up positively. Yeah, I think and they will. We're going we're gonna to save a lot of our talk about this Titans game for, ne- for later on in the week. I don't want to jump into it, but, yeah, they're still – there's still a lot of proving to do. I know there is, there is. And then, uh, and just to tee up one more thing, and then let's get into college football, which I have a big opinion on. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> there's the big, the big headline story. And it's going to be like, you know, this is the ES look, this is captain obvious. There's a couple other games too, but this is one of the primetime games this week. You're going to see Sal Palatonio or one of the ESPN fan faces out in these games doing things. And then the following week, you got him on Monday night. You're going to see a lot this week of going into uh, the Henry and Chubb matchup. And you're going to see a lot this week of going into that. This is big stuff. This is fun stuff. I love this stuff. Never with the Dickerson-Biner talk. Dickerson going in that playoff game, and then Biner showed up and played a wonderful playoff game. I do remember I do remember that, too. So these games. Young man. Yes, I was a really young. I was a but, young boy back then. But, but these things are being remembered. It's exciting. It's good to see. It gives me goosebumps thinking about like Henry yeah. and Chubb headlining. You're going to see a lot of that starting tomorrow. You're going to see it. Today's postmortem, but you're going to see a lot of that. It's great. It's fun to see. It's fun to see, Jared. Eight and it's three, fun. folks. Eight and three. Yeah. Uh, all right. So let's talk about this shit show then, Andy. What the fuck, Ohio State? Well, there's a lot here. So Ohio State, obviously, and then my Irish. Let's get to them quickly. They are just blazing their way to a championship. They just take care of the Tar Heels. They, they took out the garbage with them. Going to play Syracuse, they play basketball only anymore. So we got that win. And then Wake Forest, we pour some tea. And then we're in the championship game against Clemson, and we'll see what happens then. And we'll tee that up a later time. But the bigger story here is Ohio State. Um, this story developed awkwardly, would be my word. It came out like, hey, there might be some COVID-19 issues. Hey, Ryan Day's got COVID-19. That's a big story, obviously. But everything's on cue. We're going to put out pictures before the game on Friday night, Saturday morning. And then the game's canceled. I mean, game gets canceled suddenly. No game with Illinois. And then the rumor mill really starts heating up. Does this mean Michigan State's in doubt? I mean, Michigan's in doubt. And, and it's because and because what it what it started to sound like was they've got themselves a little bit of community spread. They've got themselves a, a cluster because it's not just Ryan Day. It was it's it's multiple within the organization. And the way that they canceled the game made me think, well, it might not. It's probably not just coaches. Then. No. It's not just coaches. It's players. But you're yeah. never going to get any of the information on the players on the who on maybe. I don't know if the numbers will come out. I don't know how how necessarily some of that works. I don't like the secrecy. I fucking hate secrecy i hate i hate that shit so much 
I'm never going to be a fan of the, the, the whole keeping everything quiet. I'm not even saying that they have to uh, release the names of the players. I'm saying, are there players? How many players? Is it spreading throughout the team? What, why, why do we not have that information? I, I, I don't like those things being kept under wraps. I just don't. To what they, my part- they allow for people in power to uh, take advantage to what my partner is saying, here's the quotes from Gene Smith. Quote, we are making a decision not just based on the thresholds, but we're making a decision based upon what we see. Another quote from Smith. Quote, what we are seeing in particular case, it's a community type of spread. We didn't see spikes in specific areas. So could we have played? Sure. Was it the right thing to play? No. Hey, that, doesn't Boy, fucking, that, that, doesn't give me, that doesn't tell me jack shit. Don't give me this little trust, trust him. Trust Geno Smith. No, I'm not trusting Geno Smith. Geno Smith has an agenda. Geno Smith cares about one thing and one thing only compared to, you know, he's not a doctor. He's not. I just don't like I don't like. I don't like the secrecy. I don't like it. Go ahead, Mandy. I'll just Marissa McCool. Do you think? Do you think they're keeping it as quiet as possible because they are one of the teams who fronted the fight to make sure the season wasn't canceled? Marissa McCool on Facebook. I think this is an excellent point, Marissa, and yes. I'm glad you said this because I was going to. I was talking about this with Jared over the weekend. I think Ohio State's in a real awkward position now. Because yeah. there's going to be a lot of debate if they don't play Michigan State. Michigan, I mean, I think that's too far down the road, so let's not speculate. But Michigan State's in play to be canceled. If they don't play, that's only going to give them five games. Let me, they do not qualify for the Big Ten Championship. Even beyond this, Andy, I worry about, you know that there is a percentage of these kids where this could get bad for them. Yeah. Especially, again, regarding the cardiac issues, the, the enlarged heart issues that they deal with sometimes regarding recovering from COVID. And what I think is you saw a lot of players coming out and taking up arms on social media and screaming to have the season. Well, you know what that's from? That's from being go, you know, coaxed by the adults, the supposed adults in the room who want to make the bucks. Yeah, go out there. Tell everyone you want to play. Go out there. Tell everyone that we can do it safely. Go out there. Do it. Go do it in front and center. And then they can turn around and go, see, the kids want to play. Let the kids play. They want to play. Okay. Well, they're playing. Here we fucking go. Now now, now, this is what we're dealing with with Ohio State. I, thought I don't know, Andy. I just think that it can get bad, man. I think it can get bad, and I hope to God it doesn't. I love being proved wrong in situations like this. So please prove me wrong. But with the way that they're keeping things quiet, with the way that they've gone about this season to begin with, it, it's been sketchy from day one, and it's even sketchier now. Will they play? I don't know. Will they have to cancel more games? I don't know. But you know what else? When you don't know, what do you do? You speculate. There's going to be a lot of speculation from here on out with what's going to happen with Ohio State. If if we want to talk the football side of things, I don't care if they don't play in the, in the in the Big Ten championship game. And again, going back over to the fact that it's all about the dollar-dollar bills, the Buckeyes will not be shut out of the college football playoffs. They won't. If they win out whatever games they have left, they will still be considered the number four team. They will play. <laughs> I, will, I, will, I will bet money on that. So we'll see what happens. I just think I agree with Marissa McCool. I think exactly the same thing she's saying on Facebook. I think Ohio State's in a tricky, tricky spot because they're fighting COVID and health with PR perception. Mm -hmm. And then they're fighting playoffs because there's going to be a lot of people on soapboxes going, hey, you only played five. You didn't even qualify for the Big Ten championship game. You should not be in the playoff. And we can get in that debate all day long, and that will be so much fun. Ohio State is a college football playoff cash cow. It is. It is. But you're going to have, I mean, uprising in this college football community if they don't make the if they don't make the college football playoff. And if they do, well, then, playing the Big Ten championship game, you're, you're going to have Well, uprising. then, if teams didn't play enough, they need to be smart about it, which the NCAA was never smart about it. Um, the committee will not be smart about it. But they need to be smart about it and go, okay, six, we'll, we'll let six in, we'll let eight in. Well, look, here's you didn't play enough games. Okay, then you got to prove it in the playoffs. You got to play more in here. We'll let in we'll let in six or we'll let in eight and we'll do a tournament that way. Here's what I said to you, and I'm echoing it. This is the only sport that's not run by the NCAA. It's run by the commissioners of these leagues. SEC, the Big Ten, the Pac-12, the Big 12 and and the ACC run this stuff. They need to expand this to eight teams because this is I felt I told this Jared. 
I watched the Iron Bowl. That was one of the most lousiest, yep. no zip, no fun Iron Bowls I've ever seen. I know we're Midwesterners and we don't really. I, I mean, I know we're everybody's in the Big Ten world. I get it. But the Iron Bowl is a special game. That game was, oh, yawn, turn out the lights, don't care. By the end, college football needs some zip. College football feels really fractured. It will be fine in 2021 and beyond. I'm not naive. But right now it feels fractured. And to echo what Jared said, I think it's time for someone to be like, Are we, we're not going to play the Rose Bowl. I mean, they're already canceling all these bowl games. I saw the pinstripe bowl got canceled. There's more to come, by the way, in that front. Why not expand the field? If you're only going to play five games, why not take a breath, get your, get your legs underneath, plan something properly for January and make it into an eight or maybe even get crazy and do 12 to 16 teams. Right. Because what you're doing then is you're handling the issues of Ohio state didn't earn it. Well, now they have to earn it because they've got to, they've got to work their way through a field of, of, of 12, 10, eight teams. Um, I, I don't understand why. And, and it's another way for the, for the committee, for them to make a little bit more money back. Yes, I, I just think right now, Cincinnati, BYU, add mm-hmm. Texas A&M, yep. add yep. Bama, ACC, Clemson, Notre Dame, let's throw Ohio State, throw in SC or Oregon, whoever. Let's make mm-hmm. that into the tournament and the playoff, and that's what it should be. But trying to make this scientifically, we all know these games have been canceled. There, I mean, there's all sorts of shenanigans going on with Clemson. Florida State just lost another game. They're not in the playoff, but my picture, it's been such a crazy year. I don't understand why it can only be four teams. This is not the year for these commissioners need to get together and say, you know what? This is just in a unique year like the NBA. They they made changes on the fly. MLB, this is a unique year. We're going to make changes on the fly. Yep. Coach, the college commissioners need to make changes on the fly right now. Even Becky, the you know NFL. What? The NFL made the adjustment and added an extra playoff game. Yeah, I mean, and they're talking about it. Why? Because it's a unique year. They need to talk about this, saying, hey, it's a unique year. We'll go back to four teams next year. But you know what? Right now, we're not playing 13 games. You know what? If these kids really want to compete and play, let's make it fair. Let's let's After all these championship games, let's give a two-week retrieval, pick out sites in Indianapolis, Atlanta, and you know, pick out somewhere in Florida. We're going to play all these games out there. Maybe pick out one site in the Rose Bowl, and we're going to play all these games in these tournament sites. And we're going to make it 8 to 16 to 12 teams, whatever you want to say it. And that's the way it should be. Because right now, Jared, the way it's going and the way I see it, I don't see how people are going to get fired up for um, Alabama-Clemson, even though it's a big game. Is that – I don't know. I mean, I'll, I I just don't – I don't feel the zip in college football I normally do. Right. I just don't feel it. I, I don't – I mean, I just don't feel it. And I think to get some of that zip back, expanding the playoffs would help. I think it would help give some energy into this. And it takes pressure off Ohio State. If you have a pandemic issue, don't play. Shut that shit down. Shut it down. Don't worry about the Big Ten Championship game. Shut it down. There's way too much pressure being put to playing games in and in, in where all these other leagues have figured out, like, hey, we'll make adjustments as we go. College football has just been a mess. Let's just say it. It's just been a mess. And it's killed the excitement out of usually – the sport I love the most. I love the Cleveland teams. My favorite sports, college football. This has been the most flat college football season I've ever experienced. Ever experienced. And I love the Irish, too. I'm a big Purdue fan, but I love the Irish. And even the Irish Tario game, it was good, but excitement level. Well, uh, time will tell, and we'll see if anyone heeds the uh, the advice that we are giving them, which is undoubtedly better than the advice that they are giving each other right now in their tight little circle of uh, – <laughs> Of, of of gathered minds, uh, yeah. we'll, we'll see I, what happens. I, I just think I just think college football needs to make adjustments like these other leagues have done, mm-hmm. and I really think these guys who are in charge of this need to meet right now and start saying, "Hey, can we just all say it's kind of getting messed up?" And if you play championship games, whatever else, let's just expand the field to eight, yep. maybe twelve, maybe sixteen, whatever it all is. Right just to give some energy back into this sport. Because right now, I mean, folks, the way it's going, let's say Ohio State doesn't play. Is anybody, I mean, I'll get fired up. It'll be okay. But I don't know if the nation's going to get fired up for Alabama, A&M, Clemson, Notre Dame. I mean, that's your final four. Um, agreed. And, and we'll we'll talk more about this. Uh, we'll probably talk more about this on Friday, actually, too. 
Yeah, uh, it, you know, it, we, you know, over the next couple of days, developments, there, things are going to happen. Things yeah. are going to have to happen by the end of the week because we're going to have to have answers on whether Ohio State's going to get a play this weekend or not. And we might not actually get that answer until Friday evening, to be honest. I, that wouldn't surprise me if it took a, a, that late for them to, 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 to make the call. By, by the way, uh, Marissa McCool, uh, real quickly before we get to the Tribe and Cavs, yes, big, big day for Callie Bronson. She, was, she is the um, special assistant to Stefanski. Bronson yesterday was the tight ends coach because the tight end coach for the Browns, uh, the, her his wife had a baby. That was a huge day. And Sarah Fuller again, big day. And by the way, Sarah Fuller um, and, you know, Kate Knight is of the world. All these people, it's great to see women are breaking and shattering the glass. And again, um, the uh, Kim, I forget how to pronounce her last name, but Kim, the woman who's running the show now for Miami, too. These are all great things. Yep. Great things in sports, and it's breaking a shattering glass. Marissa McCool on Facebook, I echo everything you're saying. Exactly. And Mandy Blas, uh, you know I can't pronounce the names. Can you pronounce Blas? Blasdell? Blasdell? Manny? North Carolina. Keep that barbecue nice and spicy. I love North Carolina barbecue. Oh, it's a nice little shout out. Thanks, Manny. Appreciate you. Uh, Thank you for all this and very good chatter here this morning. Everybody's well, same thing. EJ jumped in too. EJ was mentioning the expansion. EJ on Facebook, uh, talking about a test for playoff expansion. So, yeah, safe Facebook. Yeah. Look, yeah, no, exactly. And that's what we were saying. That's that's exactly this, what it should be. This sport is heading down a boxing road where it's all promoters promoting. They need to get together and, and get this thing organized because right now it just for the first time college football. <clears throat> it just feels like everybody's like I was more into Villanova, Virginia Tech basketball on Saturday night than AM LSU. I mean, by the way, a great game. Uh Virginia Tech with a great win in overtime. Um, you can tell <laughs> what I was watching on Saturday night. But um, oh, by the way, no one gives a fuck. But I'm gonna say this real quickly. There is a seven foot four stud named Zach Eady who plays for my boilermakers. He is gonna be really, really, really good. I know I just killed all the momentum on the show, but I love it. I got so much more in Zach Eady. Zach Eady. All right. Well, we'll save for the Zach Eady podcast that Andy will be producing in the next couple of weeks. Oh, uh, I'm so excited about right. Purdue basketball. Oh. Let's let's uh, let's put a bow on this. The Cavs um, open camp on Tuesday. Cavs yes, are do. not going to be good at no. all. No, I've tried to be the positive Phoenix light of a ray of hope the last two years. Um, I do not have it this year. Um, no. I really, really think the pandemic, it hurt everybody in certain ways for sure. We all know that. But the Cavs not playing in 10 months hurts. This team needed games and needs to keep playing games in that year. You were finally starting to things to see develop with with um, on, with on um, uh, Drummond. And it just, it just never got any momentum. And for a team like this that's so not really is still a team yet that's gelled, to not play in 10 months and then just open up camp on December 1st and turn on the lights and roll out the balls. I, you know, they are picked at the bottom along with the Pistons on most Vegas betting lines, the over and under is 25. And I think that's right. And by the way, I think they might be under 25. Um, I really think the Cavs Garland, it's a bit, everything to me this year, Jared Okoro, we know what Sexton is. He's a good pro. He's not great. He's a good pro. We know we're going to get from love. We know what we're going to get from Drummond. The bigger story to me is Garland. Garland, I don't think last well, year. And let's and let's not forget too the, uh, the the Porter Junior stuff. That's that the big Cavs story. Have. Big that, story. And I haven't heard anything in the past week or so about yeah. it, but he's got himself in some big trouble. Yeah, that and that's well, it's all rumors right now. We'll have to see what comes out. Yeah. But Jared's right. Jared's right. I mean, Porter's had an, a let's just say it a at, at best a foggy off season. He's a I, weird. I, I, and, and it's a situation that, you know, I don't like to condemn people to, 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 you know, and, and I, what basically what I, I, what I'm hoping for is that no matter what it is, I hope that he um, becomes a better person out of it and figures it out and takes care of himself. That's what I hope. Marissa McCool nailed it. Would you have thought in 2017 that the Cavs and Browns would pull a switch with each other in three years? Hmm. McCool. You're yeah. absolutely a thousand percent correct. Right now, you can just you can just see it. Like Garland, Arcuro, Sexton. I mean, those are the things you'll be watching for. But honestly, like I just know what I know. The Cavs win more than thirty games. No way. No way. 
hard getting motivated. I mean, I'll watch every game. I'll be there. But the biggest storyline to me is Garland. I want to see Garland play much better than he did last year. I think it's a big, big storyline. Really do. I want to see him improve. I think that would be a big win for this team. I looked at all the articles. I looked at everything. I saw nothing when it comes to real substantiated stuff about Lindor. Nothing. Uh, I saw nothing on the team name either. Nothing. Here are the three teams that are in play for Lindor. Um, <clears> reading <throat> into all, all three of these cities had articles. Mets, Yankees, Shock Shock, and Toronto Blue Jays. Those seem to be the three teams that are rumored to be circling around this a lot. I saw articles in Toronto newspapers and 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 um, bloggers. I definitely saw that in uh, the, Yan- the Yankees more than the Mets this weekend. But again, nothing substantiated, nothing more than just columns and stuff like that. But nothing more on that front. So Let's hope that the tribe can turn it into uh, something that makes them uh, a World Series contender within the next two or three years. What I found interesting, if anything, was the Blue Jays were rumored to be signing Brad Hand too, and a couple. I, I it sounds like Shapiro is going back into the Cleveland well of getting players back. Which into- we've had. I mean, we've had success with making moves with Toronto in, in the past too. We have a good relationship back and forth with them, obviously. The only thing I can say this year, Jared, I don't know how you feel. It seems like we're all resigned to the fact Lindor's not playing in 2021. Yeah, I same. will say that. I same. get that vibe. Fine by me. I, I, I've already accepted it. I'm not even. I'm not even. I'm not shedding tears over it. I've. I've accepted it, Andy. It is what it is. I know everyone loves that saying, but. Oh well, I'll give you one more real quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a good trivia question. I told Jared before we started turning on, so let's ask everybody out here. Um, who? This is done in the athletic. What outfielder for the Indians? There's only one on the current day roster for the Indians. What one outfielder? has played in one complete season 100-plus games for the outfield. There's only one. Tick-tock, tick-tock, <clears throat> tick-tock. Oscar Mercado, that is the state of the Indians outfield. In 2019, he played 100-plus games. <laughs> That's it, folks. It's not Naquin. It's not Jake Bowers. It isn't, it isn't Bradley Zimmer. It, it, by the way, um, David Murphy making that list, too, in 2014, I believe. That's the uh, state of the outfield. My uh, wife just pulled in, which means my dogs are going to bark really loudly in a minute. <laughs> so I'm just giving everyone a heads up Shoot for that. The read through. <laughs> uh, check us out on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Cleveland and beyond on Twitter at CLE and beyond on Instagram at official Cleveland sports at official Cleveland sports. Uh, we are brought to you by Waiting for Next Year. Check them out, Original Cleveland Sports Reporting at waitingfornextyear.com and soon to be a part of Evergreen Podcasts. Andy, final thoughts. There they go. You hear the bark? On cue. It's like we're doing a show. <laughs> um, a show within a show. Holly Wetzel was under the weather last week, but she is back on Wednesday, so we'll have it this week. Jared and I will be back on. Are you thinking morning or afternoon on Friday? What are you thinking? Um... I don't have a clue. I can do Friday morning more than likely, but I got Friday Friday morning. You watch. It'll be afternoon, but we'll call it here first. Friday morning, we will do a Cleveland and Beyond previewing the Titans as they as they beef up to the end of the schedule. Um, eight and three is great. Empty um, planner on Friday. I got so we're going to be doing a Friday morning going into Titans week. Um, yeah. Again, the big preview will be Chubb and Henry. That matchup. That's going to be. A, I guarantee that's going to be a storyline on every network. Um, it's exciting stuff. It's great to be thought of that way again where you can see these headlines being developed. I think it's fun to see. And with all the stuff that happened, again, I will repeat, they won. All that to be said, if they would have lost all this to be a bitter, 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 bitter podcast, they won. They're 8-3. They took out the garbage. The Raiders lost. The Colts lost. The Ravens have COVID issues. It's a good time. It's a good time. But, yes, the road ahead is much dauntier. But it's okay. We're ready to go. Uh, I am rocking my brand new Bernie Kosar. Ooh, look at that. GV art shirt. I think it's entitled too cool is how it's labeled on the website. Um, I love this shirt. It's my new favorite shirt. You should check it out. If you don't know GV art, Andy and I wear GV art stuff all the time. Uh, GV art, uh, hopefully we'll link up with them in some time in the near future, but they do good stuff. So Th- thank you. All. Comment. Is there one more comment on yeah, here? Oh, there we go. Cool t-shirt. I didn't even see it. Quaddy. Yeah. Yeah. Is yes. that what is a quaddy 2020 on, uh, on um, uh, Periscope on Twitter. Cool and, and Doug, thanks, bro. 
And Doug Wicker, good to see you, good friend. Fire up the tank for the Garza campaign. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, Absolutely. We'll get the shirt. They're on there. GV Art. Um, yeah. Go get, yeah, GV Art. Good stuff. They got a ton of, I mean, their their shirts always just pop. We wear it all the time. People talk about their stuff all the time when we're on. So, uh, cool deal. He's Andy Billman. I'm Jared Watson. Thanks for tuning in. Talk again soon. Eight motherfucking three, dude. Eight three. Eight three. Celebrate it. Enjoy Eight it. Three. Soak it in. Don't take it for granted. It's been mm-hmm. a long time. Talk again on Friday. Take care. Right before Jerry hits that end button, I'm telling you right now, this Zach Eady kid for Purdue is fucking sick. Seven foot four monster for the Boilermakers. So excited. Bye. Bye bye. Love it. Cleveland and Beyond with Andy and Jared is a part of Evergreen Podcast. You can follow them on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Cleveland and Beyond, on Twitter at CLE and Beyond, or shoot them an email at andyandjared at gmail.com. And don't forget to visit the website, clevelandandbeyond.net. should be simple just put on your shoes and go and yet when you try to learn about how to get better at it especially as you age you're confronted with conflicting advice complicated workouts and confusing nutrition trends that just won't work for you on the planted runner i'll share exactly how to run faster longer and feel great doing it at any age because you don't have time to waste I'm Coach Claire Bartholik, and I went from not running at all in my late 30s to finishing a marathon in 2.58 at age 42, all on a plant-based diet. I've helped hundreds of runners achieve new personal records well into their 60s and even 70s with science-back training, plant-based nutrition, and proven mental strength techniques. Each episode of The Planted Runner is like a private coaching session on the run where you'll learn from me and the guests I interview. You'll get actionable lessons to help you become a better runner every week and reach goals that you never thought possible. Whether you're training for your first 5K or your 50th marathon, take along the planted runner on your next run. Let me show you how your best running is still ahead of you.